Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 9.27 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thank God we fell back. Ah, oh my God. Oh, I'm so happy to be back in actual standard time. Uh, it's, it's the 6th of November, 2023. This is episode 818 of Bitcoin. And I want to circle back to this whole ridiculous time change thing that we do twice a year in many, many countries of the world. I possibly even most. You know, because everybody's got to be on the same time as the United States, unless you're freaking Arizona, a very, you know, a state in the United States, because they don't put up with this kind of crap. But it hit the wires months ago that the House of Representatives in the United States had voted to do away with this thing. And then we, I was very happy, and other people were talking about it, and they were very happy too, because this is stupid. It causes problems. And, you know, and we were all happy and, and, you know, the, the minstrels played their instruments and doves flew around and everyone rejoiced, right? Well, you know what we were doing while we were rejoicing? We totally forgot to check in. It never went to the floor for a vote. They voted to, they, here's what happened. The House of Representatives, as far as I know, had introduced a bill to do away with the whole daylight savings time thing. And everybody voted for it. But what did they vote for? They voted to put the bill on the floor to actually vote on it. The vote wasn't to do away with it yet. The vote was to get it on the floor so that they could vote for it, which I know sounds kind of stupid, but it's, I guess, parliamentary procedure or something like that. It's a procedural thing. And we never voted to actually pass it, which meant that it would go to the Senate. And then they'd have to vote it out of committee to get it on the floor so that they could vote on it, right? And so guess what? Yeah, we're going to, we are still living with this stupidity. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is as of the 6th day of November, 2023. Remember, remember the 5th of November, which was yesterday, in case you were unaware of what was going on with all the fireworks displays and the Guy Fox masks, it was because yesterday was the 5th of November where we celebrate one man's, uh, he tried to blow up the British Parliament. And he was caught and I'm pretty sure summarily executed. But uh, we celebrate that. And you got to ask yourself, why, why are we celebrating it? <laughs> I told my wife about it and she's like, sound like terrorist to me. Of course, you know, he... Uh, well, the British Parliament was probably just as bad back then as they are now, which is just as bad as our stuff. But all that aside, um, I did not come to you Friday for a very good reason. I was laid up in the hospital because I had to have a procedure done. Everything went fine. 
But, you know, anesthesia, this one especially was a really, really heavy one. Uh, I was thinking that I would be able to do one later in the day on Friday as I was recovering, but no dice. I don't know what, I don't know if they hit me up with freaking ketamine, that horse tranquilizer or what, but man, I was, I laid up, dude, for the rest of the damn day. So I am sorry that I wasn't able to get you any more than uh, two uh, uh, two shows last week. I will try to do better this week. I promise. I swear. I I will I will do what I can for that one. Uh, hold on for a second. Okay. Um. Now <clears throat> let's get into this into the show, and I want to start off by saying that more. Tools are coming online for you to support your favorite content creator via the Noster universe. And I don't really know what else to to call it. I don't really want to call it the Fediverse because it's not in really federated. But, you know, so the whole Noster tools are coming up. And one of the ones that I found, I found by accident. Now, I, I should have known it and I, I probably did know about it and then forgot because the Noster and Bitcoin and Lightning Network, the space, there's so much being developed. It's hard to keep track. And it's certainly hard to remember that which you kept track of before. And I was over at Nostrudel and I was just kind of browsing around because I'm, I'm kind of digging the interface. It's got lots of different things. And one of the things that popped out at me the other day was Nostre, N-O-S-T-R-E-E dot me was a little button that they have in, in, in Nostrudel. Dot Ninja. It's a client for Noster, and if you haven't checked it out, you you should because it's it's has a high degree of utility, as I like to say. And there was a little button that said, "Hey, you can you do this one." And there was like I don't know two or three, and one of them was Nostree.me. And what it is is a Noster version of Linktree. And if you don't know what Linktree is, it's a way to sort of keep, get all of your links, all of your URLs to various web pages and all kinds of different stuff and basically turn it into a one-stop shopping list where people can go to see the different URLs that you're representing. And they can be anything. Like you could literally just say, I'm, I'm curating these websites and, and use those as links. But a lot of people, what they'll do is like say, hey, here's where you can go listen to my podcast. And that's one of the ones. I have two lists or two nostries up right now at Nostree.me forward slash business at stacker.news <clears throat> because it uses your Noster login. Yes, it, it does. It, it uses a Noster login. And I, I just, I absolutely love it. I, I cannot, I just can't go back to signing up for, you know, services on the web that need my phone number, address, email address. I don't want to do any of that anymore because it's so easy just to throw over your InPub or you know, let your Git Albi extension in your web browser do handle all the the login stuff for you. It's one click, and you've got a brand new service. You don't have to worry about getting emails or nothing like that. And nostree.me forward slash none your business at stacker news is the way that you'll go find the way that you can support this show by listening to it. You can listen to it on Fountain App. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podcast Index, Podbean, Google Podcast, Overcast, Podcast Addict. Podcast Addict and Player FM. Those are the ones that I have so far in my listen nostri.me list. 
So if you want to uh, have a, a place where you can go throw out the URL to the show to your friends and family because I need more listeners, and I do, and your help is not only is it effective, it's always appreciative. And I, I just, I can't thank you enough when you guys throw out one of my URLs to a show or to the whole podcast. And especially when you're throwing out the podcast 2.0 enabled links, because that's the way people can give me value for value by either giving me boostograms with Satoshis attached to them, little messages. You can like, you know, troll me or you can give me information and you can attach an amount of Satoshis and I will get that in my fountain.fm feed or, 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 or any of these other apps uh, like a player. I think podcast addict, uh, Podbean, certainly Podcast Index. Uh, you can actually play the the my podcast directly from there. They're all f- podcasting 2.0 enabled, so you can stream me Satoshi's. You can be Boostergrams, but the real trick is getting these URLs out there into the public. So if you would, I would, as I always ask, please throw my show out to your family, your friends, any of your other social media things that you have, like LinkedIn, if you're using that, or Twitter, if you're still over there, or God forbid, Blue Sky, or Threads, if anybody is actually still using that thing. I That thing looks like it's failing to me because I don't hear anything about it. And I also don't really hear anybody talking about Blue Sky at all. They're still talking about X, formerly known as Twitter, and I will never call it X after that. Now, let's talk about the news. China... China doesn't want to miss out. Community is reacting to Hong Kong spot Bitcoin ETF news. We're waking up on a Monday and I guess Hong Kong's going to do, well, let's find out from Helen Parts writing for Cointelegraph. The cryptocurrency community is excited about the Hong Kong government reportedly weighing the launch of a spot cryptocurrency exchange traded fund amid the ongoing regulatory pushback against such products in the United States. Hong Kong's potential entrance into spot crypto ETFs could be a significant development in the context of the economic confrontation between the U.S. and China, BitMEX co-founder Arthur Hayes believes. Hayes took to Twitter on November the 6th to express excitement over competition between the two economies, emphasizing that this competition will eventually be good for Bitcoin. Quote, competition is amazing. If the United States has its proxy asset manager BlackRock launching an ETF, China needs its proxy asset manager to launch one too, he wrote. (laughs) Cryptocurrency brand uh, Coin Bureau was also quick to react to the potential spot crypto ETF launch in Hong Kong. According to Coin Bureau, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission might be getting some pressure amid other jurisdictions like Hong Kong jumping on the bandwagon of a spot Bitcoin ETF. Quote, it's a cursory tale to the SEC that if they continue to stifle capital market innovation in the United States, other countries are going to fill the void, Coin Bureau wrote on Twitter. Crypto influencer Lark Davis also stressed that the latest spot crypto ETF news from Hong Kong shows that the Chinese government just doesn't want to miss out on crypto opportunities. Quote, Hong Kong going to get spot Bitcoin ETFs now. Chinese money does not want to miss out, Davis stated. Hong Kong is considering allowing retail investors to access spot ETFs linked to cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, providing regulatory concerns are met, 
Securities and Futures Commission CEO Julia Leung, or Lung, I don't know how you pronounce it, said, according to a Bloomberg report on November the 5th, the SFC did not immediately respond to Cointelegraph's request for comment. Hong Kong's potential move into the spot Bitcoin ETF comes as at least a dozen investment firms in the U.S. seek to launch similar products. Although both Hong Kong and the United States have permitted crypto ETFs linked to futures contracts, the jurisdictions are yet to approve a spot crypto ETF. Unlike a futures Bitcoin ETF, which tracks futures contracts to replicate BTC prices, a spot directly holds BTC, allowing investors to gain exposure to the asset. And then they get into a little bit of history in the bottom part of this article, which we won't go through because we've read it 50 times before. But Hong Kong looks to be poised. Okay, now we don't know. We're going to have to wait and actually see if they do it. But it looks to me like they're winding up and, and fixing to pitch. And if Hong Kong, it's not like Brazil launching a spot Bitcoin ETF, y'all. Hell, it's not even like the UK. Hong Kong, before China, scooped it back up because Britain decided to, I don't know, they just let it go. It, it was a lease, and I, it was a 99-year lease, and I understand that part, but they, I don't know, man. You'd think that they would, it doesn't matter. But before that happened, Hong Kong, the financial capital of the South Pacific, Right. Not only, I mean, honestly, let's just call it the Pacific. Hong Kong is it. It still is it. Right. It certainly was before China got it back. And it certainly is still actually now the epicenter of economic activity for the Pacific region. Right. It's an, it's an important economic hub in the world. It is almost, if not just as important as New York City when it comes to the financial infrastructure of the world. If Hong Kong does this, I don't know what Gary Gensler can do except to just say, you know what, approve them all just and just do it. So is it good for Bitcoin? I don't know. You know what I else I said was good for Bitcoin? Sam Bankman fried buying a bunch of Bitcoin, which turns out was not good for Bitcoin. But hey, everybody can make a mistake. Let's see what Hong Kong does next. We're going to have to wait and see. But I want to move on. I want to talk about the understanding of the Bitcoin L2 trilemma. And this one is written by Trevor Owens out of Bitcoin Magazine. And it's an analysis on the trade-offs involved in different types of second layers that's possible to build on Bitcoin. So let's get into it. As a venture capitalist, I maintain a token agnostic stance because we invest at the early stages of a new technology's development. We invest in equity rather than tokens, only receiving tokens on a pro rata basis. We firmly believe that for a token to be valid, it should serve a crucial role. In essence, removing the token should disrupt the core value proposition and underlying architecture. Merely having tokens for their own sake or avoiding them without reason raises immediate red flags. In much of Web3, there's an overflow of tokens made just to have a token. Projects which may have otherwise succeeded fail due to their tokens' economic unsustainability and lead to significant financial losses for investors. Contrastingly, 
Within the Bitcoin community, you'll find developers wasting uncountable hours on unsolvable technology problems in what amounts to solutions I call tokenless tokens, an approach I liken to attempting sex without intercourse. Both approaches seem irrational. Now, let's delve into the three facets of this trilemma. Number one, off-chain networks, e.g. Lightning and RGB. These aren't blockchains but networks that save data off-chain. There isn't a universal public ledger here, making data and smart contracts less accessible and interactive. Thus, you miss out on the comprehensive functionalities offered by smart contract blockchains like Ethereum or Solana. It also requires users to run their own nodes or infrastructure in order to be fully decentralized, resulting in a significant user experience barrier for adoption. That said... This approach affords scalability and privacy benefits far beyond what blockchain technology will ever be capable of, making it optimal for application-specific use cases, notably scaling payments. Number two, decentralized sidechains like stacks, interlay, layer zero solutions, etc., etc., etc. Decentralized sidechains enable anyone to participate in consensus, like mining blocks as they supplement their security budget with a new token issued by the protocol. This results in a competitive marketplace of miners spending resources vying to earn the blockchain's native token, subsequently utilized by users to cover gas fees when executing smart contracts. The anticipation is that increased usage and network effect will bolster the token's demands and make it economically sustainable. However, introducing an extra token could complicate the user experience. Moreover, the laser-eyed Bitcoin maximalists will attack these efforts and call them a scam for their perceived competition with BTC as an asset, making a developer's life more stressful. On the upside, possessing a token can foster community building and facilitate capital raising to fund substantial research and development efforts. And number three, federated sidechains like Liquid or RSK or Botanics. Now, in this scenario... Absent a token, miners or validators are compensated solely by the company behind the development effort or by blockchain user fees, which often amounts to negligible sums for years until significant uptake occurs. This compensation is needed because in proof-of-work style consensus models, mining costs money. In proof-of-stake, there's a risk of capital being slashed. Even Bitcoin and Ethereum, with over 100 million users each, predominantly fund their security budget through a token reward subsidy. To address this, a federated sidechain doesn't open mining to everyone. Take Liquid. It has formed a group of 15 crypto businesses, including exchanges, trading desks, and infrastructure providers. While this approach can work well, it requires trust in the selected entities. To become more decentralized over time, the age-old dilemma arises. How to draw in ample users and fees while functioning within a trusted group. Efforts are underway to devise hardware solutions to automate and potentially democratize membership, but trust now shifts to the hardware being utilized. (coughs) So, what are the advantages of federated sidechains? A more streamlined user experience as these sidechains utilize a form of pegged BTC for networking fees. Avoiding a New token also reduces the likelihood of facing opposition from the, quote, laser-eye Bitcoiner camp. 
Although it's yet to be seen whether this group of Bitcoiners will actually participate in the Web3 use cases these side chains enable. It's pivotal to recognize the distinction between RSK and Liquid. The former employs merged mining and has impressively garnered 64% of Bitcoin's hash rate as of February 2022. However, RSK has a federation and hardware-centric approach for their bridge. In contrast to this, token-based sidechains are building decentralized bridges which use their native token as collateral. Examples of this include SBTC, which Stacks is advancing, and alternatives by Interlay and several Layer 0 sidechains. By leveraging the native token as collateral, this design provides an incentive model to sustain an open membership bridging protocol for the BTC asset. BitVM, newly introduced this month through a white paper, could present a solution to make federated bridges more trust-minimized and eliminate the need for hardware-based solutions. I'm closely watching its progress over the coming months. The three potential solutions to solve the trilemma. Numerous prospective solutions necessitate a Bitcoin soft fork, which could take a considerable amount of time to gain traction. Drive chains serve as a recent controversial example. Initially proposed back in 2017, it's now having its moment. Validity rollups or ZK rollups hold promise and have garnered more positive feedback from several Bitcoin core developers, yet effective implementation remains a challenge and could be a distant reality. Merged mining is intriguing, especially with RSK demonstrating significant adoption from Bitcoin miners, even without compelling incentives. However, the absence of a token still means reliance on a trusted bridge or advanced hardware configurations that await market validation. BitVM might revolutionize federated bridges in tandem with merged mining in the coming years, potentially resolving the decentralization dilemma. It's worth highlighting that many sidechains opt for the Ethereum virtual machine, with RSK, Botanics, and numerous Layer 0 solutions taking this approach. This decision fast-tracks market entry and ensures compatibility with exchanges and EVM-centric blockchain infrastructure. Conversely, Stacks and Starkware, ZK rollups, have devised their own virtual machines aiming to be an improvement over EVM in specific areas such as decidability and ZK compatibility. This dual-edged sword means they might lose the network effect, but may provide developers a platform to craft superior applications and distinguish themselves from market-leading applications on Ethereum. Abolish all tokens for most builders. The decision about a token should be rooted in practical concerns. Even on Ethereum, where Layer 2 validity rollup solutions don't require a token because of their smart contract support upon Layer 1, leading projects like Optimism and Arbitrum have tokens. They leverage these tokens to strengthen community ties and finance development. This market-based evidence further complicates navigating the token versus no token question. BASE, B-A-S-E, a Layer 2 Ethereum initiative by Coinbase, has recently garnered significant traction without having its own token. However, the company has indicated that introducing a token in the future remains an option. Drawing from my past experience as a corporate innovation executive and an entrepreneur, I liken the token versus no token debate to the startup equity versus corporate equity conundrum. 
In my book, The Lean Enterprise, written in 2014, I highlighted numerous instances where internal innovation attempts failed due to lack of incentives proportional to the high risks and extensive R&D these projects demanded. Even Google, known for its innovation-focused corporate culture, witnessed its employees forego hefty stock options to venture out on their own, leading to the birth of giants like Twitter, Instagram, Niantic, and, you know, of Pokemon Go fame, Pinterest, and more. This resulted in a potential market cap loss worth over a hundred billion dollars. Layer two projects carry immense risks with the majority bound to fail. The funds required for their development are significant. New Bitcoin cannot be created to fund a new blockchain security budget or developer community despite offering fewer security benefits than validity roll-up solutions like Optimism, Arbitrum, and Base. Polygon, an Ethereum sidechain, still dominates in terms of market cap and developer engagement among all Ethereum scaling solutions. It's now shifting towards a ZK-based strategy. Hence, even if a ZK rollup method doesn't inherently demand a token, possessing a native token for a blockchain as opposed to an application might offer a competitive edge. As with all things related to business, there are no clear-cut answers. Final Thoughts The Bitcoin L2 space is captivating, with the race intensifying as protocols like Ordinals, BRC20, and Runes attract more Web3 developers to build on top of Bitcoin. As Web3 investors, our focus remains on applications and infrastructure, steering clear of token trading. Presently, our interests lie in off-chain networks with distinctive application-specific advantages and decentralized sidechains primarily due to their open membership consensus model, community building, and capital acquisition benefits. We're also bullish on merged mining. If BitVM succeeds at introducing a more trust-minimized approach for federated bridging, importantly, both the collateral-driven bridges like SBTC and BitVM methods are still in development phases. BitVM was just announced via white paper last month and has garnered significant developer interest, while SBTC has been under development for well over a year, with substantial resources invested in the effort. Ultimately, alongside investing in Bitcoin L1 applications and infrastructure, the Bitcoin Frontier Fund aims to strategically venture into all three trilemma corners, investing in the most promising efforts by outstanding teams. Okay, so yes, I know, there's... You're sitting there going, that's a lot of shit coinery, Dave. I know, I get it. But here's here's one of the issues that's been going on for a long time is this fight, you know, generally between developers and Bitcoin maximalists. And I'm one of them. I'm a Bitcoin maxi. I got laser eyes. You, you've seen me. Fighting about the introduction of stuff like, well, anything that Ethereum has touched, ZK rollups is a good example. All right. Basically, it went to Ethereum first. So it's tainted. It, it's, it's now tainted with the shit coinery. It's got shit coin stains on its underwear. It, let, let's just put it like that, right? And we don't want to take that underwear and put it into Bitcoin, even though when you actually look at what ZK rollups do, if you, could, if you can separate the tech away from the fact that it was first introduced into Ethereum, then you can see that ZK rollups actually there's there's a lot of shit you can do with it. I won't get into what, but 
it's not bad tech. And what we're entering into here is a situation where if it's touched by a shit coin, then that tech, whether good, bad, or indifferent, does not belong in Bitcoin. And it can it's causing problems within, you know, the developers are fighting with Bitcoin maximalists. We're getting a bad name. It, it doesn't, it, it's not helpful to look at it from that way. So what I suggest is that anytime somebody suggests that maybe Bitcoin should look at some technology X, let's say, instead of immediately looking to see if X has any shitcoin taint on it, actually just go look at X first. Is there anything about this technology X that makes any sense at all? And I, somebody will say, well, what about proof of stake? Okay, that's where I draw the line. I'm drawing the line to proof of stake. I don't want to have it touch anywhere close to Bitcoin because it's antithetical to what Bitcoin is. But ZK rollups, I used to be of the mind, because it's touched Ethereum, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Well, that's sort of a conceit. And it's also small-minded. It's not very open-minded, right? So then I started kind of looking at, well, what do ZK rollups actually do? And oh, lo and behold, there's some stuff. So this article is meant to get you to kind of start thinking about the fact that just because something was trialed somewhere else does not mean that it might not be appropriate for Bitcoin, right? Just instead of just taking a giant crap all over everything immediately, let's learn how to step back and take a breath. Because you're going to need to take a breath on this one. If you did business with FTX, FTX is now handing over customer crypto trading data to the FBI decrypt. And Matt DeSalvo is going to tell us more. Bankruptcy advisors to collapse crypto exchange FTX has passed. It's already happened. Has passed. Customer information to the United States Federal Bureau of Investigation according to court records. Okay, so this was done. It's not conjecture. A number of FBI offices, including Philadelphia and Oakland, have received client transaction data, consultancy Alvarez and Marshall documents show. Bloomberg first reported the news. The documents reveal that feds made the request to sift through the data to investigate all transactions and customer accounts. But the court records made public yesterday do not show details of just how much information federal agents received. Customer privacy has been a hot topic since the collapse of FTX last year. Lawyers repeatedly blocked attempts from major news outlets to reveal customer names. They argued that former customers of the collapsed crypto platform could be subject to scams and identity theft if their names were revealed. Eh, let's see if there's anything else... Uh... Yeah, yep. Uh, that's all that that everything else is kind of they kind of go into the trial a little bit. So there's nothing more here, other than the fact that if you were a customer of FTX, you don't know how much of your data has been already handed over to the FBI. Man, it's just this thing gets worse. This FTX thing just gets worse and worse and worse. And I honestly do not suspect that it will end anytime soon. I almost guarantee you that every scrap of data 
that has ever been collected by FTX, if it's even remotely intelligible, is going to be handed over to the bureaus of the United States first, whether it's the IRS, FBI, CIA, NSA, it doesn't matter. All of them are going to get it. It's all in discovery. It's all in discovery because of the bankruptcy. So just be aware. Exchanges suck. I hate them. 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 Um, We're still into the FTX thing with this one from Prashant Jaw Cointelegraph. FTX is seeking the sale of its grayscale and bitwise assets totaling $744 million worth of money. Bankrupt crypto exchange FTX has requested the bankruptcy court in Delaware to allow it to sell certain key trust fund assets, including from crypto asset manager Grayscale Investments and custody service provider Bitwise, taken together valued at around $744 million. In a court filing dated November the 3rd, FTX debtors requested the court to allow them to sell trust assets to enable the firm to prepare for forthcoming dollarized distributions to creditors. These trust assets are held in one bitwise trust valued at $53 million and five grayscale trust valued at $691 million. The trusts act as an onboarding instrument for investors to gain crypto exposure without owning the asset. All right, so that's all that we're going to talk about from that particular article because that's all you need to know. But there's, here's the question that you'll most likely be the first thing on your, your head. Does that mean that Bitcoin gets sold on the open market? My answer to that, although you got to take it with a grain of salt, my answer is no. They can sell the shares. And somebody somewhere is going to buy those shares. And if they buy them at a discount, the price of Bitcoin, generally speaking, remains unaffected. Why? Because the market for Bitcoin sales, the spot Bitcoin price, is not being telegraphed that there is a massive sale on Bitcoin occurring. These these shares in grayscale specifically are going to be sold as shares. That's the way that I think about it. Could I be wrong? Of course I could be wrong, but I don't think so. The conversion of this it just doesn't make any sense. Plus, from what I understand, that may actually not be allowed by Grayscale's own charter. If I own shares in Grayscale Trust, I can only sell the trust. I cannot, or I can only sell the shares. I cannot liquidate the shares for the actual Bitcoin. I'll never get a hold of the Bitcoin. That's why you should never have ever, 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 ever bought Grayscale products for anything because you don't actually own the underlying asset. Grayscale owns it. They're giving you an IOU that somehow or another increases or decreases in value if you want to play that casino, right? So don't, I would not, okay, let me tell you how I'm thinking about it. Price of Bitcoin, in my opinion, will be unaffected when they start selling these shares because people are just going to buy the shares and that is a different market than the spot Bitcoin price. I hope that makes sense. Last one before we do numbers. From Decrypt.co and Andrew Asmakov, block stock soars as Cash App's Bitcoin revenues hits $2.42 billion. Revenue of $2.5 billion, with a B, billion dollars. 
Block, the fintech firm led by the former Twitter CEO, Jack Dorsey, saw its share price jump by more than 20% to over 52 bucks a share in after-hour trading on Thursday after reporting better-than-expected Q3 earnings. The company, formerly known as Square, posted a net revenue of $5.62 billion, which is up 24% year-over-year and an adjusted EBITDA earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization of $477 million, which is up 32% over the same period of time. The strong performance was largely driven by a 37.5% yearly growth in Bitcoin revenue through Block's key product, Cash App, which accounted for more than half of Block's total net revenue in Q3, reaching $2.42 billion, up from $1.76 billion the previous year. And that's all you're going to get out of this story because we don't need any history lessons, which is what the rest of the article goes into. What did you just hear? More people than ever bought more Bitcoin than ever via Cash App. As long as, long as we're talking about the Cash App, you know, block ecosystem, they've never had revenues like this. And it's all because people are buying what? Bitcoin. They're not getting their revenues off of fees. This is, Well, they're getting the revenue off of fees, but they're not getting their revenues off of basically anything other than people buying Bitcoin is what this is telling you. People are ravenous for this asset. No matter what the bears are trying to do to the price of Bitcoin, the underlying fundamental remains the same. Buy Bitcoin, hold Bitcoin. If you can do it in a KYC-free manner, then do it. Otherwise, just buy the damn Bitcoin. Let's run the numbers. Before we run those numbers, however, I must say that I have not been streaming to Zapstream because I'm kind of only getting uh, just a few people that are taking part of it. And, you know, every time that I do it, I got to basically, you know, unfurl 2,100 Satoshis. And I want my Satoshis. I like my Satoshis. If you DM me on Noster, and you know how to get a hold of me on Noster by this point, all right? If you really, really want me to continue doing the Zap streams, then let me know. I'm responsive. You're my audience. I love you. Okay, I'm not going to just do something and not say, hey, does this affect you? It's just that I, for the amount of people that were tuning into view, it just seemed like eh, that, yeah, that it really wasn't worth it. But if it is worth it to you, then please let me know. Don't say, well, maybe I'll, you know, okay, well, I'll just deal with it. If you really want it, then you really need to actually verbalize that. Otherwise, because if you don't ask, you're not going to get. Same thing with God. If you don't pray, eh, God's not interested because you're not interested in in having a a conversation with God or the universe or whatever. You know, if you're a flat ass atheist, the universe is your mommy and daddy. So you can ask that. And that's okay, too. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying. uh, Screw it. Oil. Earl, West Texas Intermediate is up 1.74%, uh, holding at $81.91. So it's lost 10 bucks over the last few weeks. 
from its high, uh, local high of $91.50 or something like that. Uh, basically, you know, I guess the Middle East being lit on fire just doesn't do anything for oil because Brent North Sea is only up 1.5% to $86.21. Natural gas is down, holy shit, 7.5% to $3.25 per 100 or 1,000 cubic feet. Gasoline is up 25 to $2.25 a gallon. Gold is down a half to 1990. Silver is down a quarter. Platinum is down 2.7. Copper is the only thing within the green today. It's up a point. Palladium is down one and a quarter points. Everything in ag is green. Unless you're in West Texas or Georgia and cotton prices are down 1.09%. The biggest winner of the day is going to be what? Looks like it's going to be lumber. 2.16% to the upside. Live cattle is down one and a quarter. Lean hogs are up 0.66%. Feeder cattle are down 1.14. The Dow is up scant. S&P is up scant. NASDAQ, well, 0.14% to the upside. The S&P mini is the only mover today, but it's wrong direction for everybody. Down 1.01%. Bonds, they just can't get this shit under control. The 20-year is hovering just a hair under full 5%. The 30-year, 4.82%. Everything but the three-month and the four-month has gained percentage points in its yield. And, well, the dollar has lost a full point on the dollar index. It is now at 105.12. That is off of its high, local high over the last few days of 106.88. We are at 105.12. So it's actually lost quite a bit more than a point, right? They just can't get this bond shit under control. Now, eh, Bitcoin's pissing me off because it's just bouncing around. It's Right now, it's at 34939 Every bear in and their grandma is doing everything that they can to keep this thing under 35000 Why? Because it's a psychological point. And if it breaches 35 and stays there, not just close for the day at the end of Wall Street trading. I don't know why we call it close because the markets are open 24-7 in Bitcoin, but whatever. If they can not just close for a day, but close above 35,000 for like more than a couple of days closures, that's a psychological break point. And then it goes up. They're doing everything they can to keep it below $35,000. $35,000. We have 0.34 BTC as the average transaction value. Median transaction value is 20 cents, which means that ordinals are ruling the day right now. Block times are extremely high, 11 minutes and 26 seconds. Half a Bitcoin taken in fees on a per block basis, 61 taken in fees overall in the last 24 hour period. With a almost 12% drop in hash rate, we're back down to 465.6 exahashes per second. Your shitcoin indicator, as always, is Dogecoin, 7.4 United States pennies. So the secondary effects of Bitcoin remaining in the higher uh, echelons of price has its usual effect of stimulating the shitcoin market. That's why I tell you with the price of Dogecoin, because you can follow the rest of the shitcoin market from there. $682.4 billion 
is 5.16% of gold's entire market cap. That's what we got for Bitcoin. You can now purchase 17.8 ounces of the shiny metal rock with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 19,534,780 and a half of, and 5,317 and a half of those are in the Lightning Network valued at $185.8 million, 14,553 nodes, 62,799 payment channels, and 82% of all of it is being run over Tor. Mempools are packed. Packed, packed, packed. About 210 blocks carrying 157,000 transactions waiting to clear. High priority transactions are going to cost you 71 Satoshis per V-byte. Low priority, not much better, 70 Satoshis per V-byte. And if for whatever reason you selected something over under 4.05, your transaction is going to be purged from mempools around the world. And we have a flashing 388.8 exahashes per second on mempool.space forward slash mining. So do with that what you will. I got boostograms, but I am well off the top 10 today. Uh, Nat <clears throat> Gas Immersion with 200. And 22,222 Satoshis says, let's try that again. (laughs) Why? Because Nat Gas Immersion earlier gave me 222,222 sats. Says, thank you, David. I appreciate you. And appreciation is like that mouse that you spot in the cellar. Everyone you are able to identify represents 10 more that you may never see. Cheers. And it's a shame because I didn't get any of those Satoshi's Nat Gas Immersion. Um, I don't know what that is. And it really is very, it's extraordinarily annoying that somebody goes out of their way to try to cut me such a huge boostogram. And for whatever reason, I'm just not getting them. Generally speaking, anything over 20 to 22,000 Satoshi's, for some reason I'm not getting, even though... My incoming liquidity on my lightning node has more than enough to handle this stuff. So I don't know what that shit is. I I don't know. But I like being sovereign with my node. That's why I haven't changed my uh, address for, uh, or my RSS, my podcast 2.0 injected RSS feed. I'm not changing it to a custodial lightning wallet to address this problem because I love sovereignty. I appreciate it in that gas immersion. I really do. Even if I didn't get it. Sats McDuck with 21,000 that I did get says, fantastic as ever. Thank you. Ready to begin anew. Uh, Now we'll say no waste BTC signs with 5,000 says, thanks for showing my wife her new favorite Christmas song. She's obsessed. And now she's scouring through wave Lake. Oh, good. But <laughs> wartime psycho with three, four, five, six says rants. I want rants. Dubrovko with 1260 says Trinity. Love it. Order chaos logos. Father, spirit, son. The, with another 1250 Dubrovko says the time sensitive quote came from the government commenting that police should be able to confiscate BTC from accounts during time sensitive investigations. I then put poop and suitcase emojis in the comment, alluding to the shit bags that steal money and other properties from citizens and take a cut for their department. Shit bags. 
Axelrod with a thousand says, thanks for the history linking Martin Luther revolution to the anniversary of the Bitcoin white paper release. I've never heard that piece of Bitcoin lore. If AI really ever becomes self-aware and conscious, I'm sure October 31st will be one of the high holidays. Thank you, sir. God's death with 370 says fucking Christmas songs. Sorry, turn it off. <laughs> God's death with 370 says, thank you, sir. No, thank you. Mr. Man with 250, I only meant to be Mr. Man shit ton of numbers temporarily as a joke, and then I couldn't figure out how to fix it. I'm back, baby. Yes, and he does. He only has at Mr. Man here. At Sir Ulrich with 222 says, keep it up. Funny. Uh, worked f- informative. R-W-I-R-F-T. I'm sure that that's lead speak, and I'm not getting it. Pipe bomb with 100. Good shit. Pies with 100 says, thank you, sir. No, thank you. And Noster Gang with 100 says, Death by fiat, uh, 2.1 quadrillion satoshis, I think is the number that he gave. And that's going to do it for the weather report. Welcome to part two of the news that you can use. OpenSea slashes NFT marketplace staff by 50%. Decrypt, Andrew Hayward, we're getting into some of the shit coiner here. OpenSea, the prominent NFT marketplace startup, has laid off about half its staff, the company confirmed to Decrypt on Friday. A company representative told Decrypt that approximately 50% of employees were impacted across the company. They wouldn't clarify the number of people actually affected by the moves. To quote, today, we're making significant organizational and operating changes as we focus on building a more nimble and ultimately better version of OpenSea. With these changes, we are better positioned to deliver for the community, shipping high-impact efforts and matching the speed at which this space evolves. Yes, of course. Devin Finzer, co-founder of OpenSea, elaborated on the statement in a Twitter thread highlighting how the company has streamlined its team in an effort to launch a next-generation version of the marketplace. And honestly, there's no reason to even go forward on this. Why? Because the important news is that OpenSea, remember, you know, OpenSea is like every, no, nobody could get enough of the Ethereum rocks and, and bullshit apes and what other NFTs were out there. And OpenSea was right at the forefront and their revenue has collapsed to the point that they had to fire half of their staff. Now, conjecture, this is pure conjecture. This is because of ordinals, runes, and BRC20s. That's my theory, and I'm sticking with it. Now, do I know that for a fact? No, I do not. Can you take it to the bank, given my, you know, just just on credit because Dave said it? No, I wouldn't do that either. But that's what I think happened. Anything that any of the shit coins can do can be done on Bitcoin, and we keep proving it. Now, that does not mean that I automatically... I'm in love with the shit coinery that's clearly occurring on the Bitcoin network. I don't. I'm not a fan of BRC20. I think they're trash. Runes, probably trash. Any of the other ordinals, trash. I, I don't like any of this stuff. I don't think it makes any sense whatsoever. There's a couple of things that have been done in the ordinal ecosystem that actually does make sense, but the majority of it is complete and utter shit coinery and garbage. And it's taking market share away from the 
other shit coins, which is the only saving grace about it. That's one of the reasons why sometimes I snicker when I see the, when I see ordinals and runes and BRC twenties on lightning and, you know, and Bitcoin and whatnot, I'm not as mad as I used to be because it's literally killing the rest of the shit coinery that's out there and it needs to die. And honestly, right now, I don't care how it dies. You can use an anti-tank missile. You can use air to, you know, air to ground missiles. I don't care what weaponry you actually whip out of your back pocket to destroy the field of shit coins that's out there. As long as they get destroyed, I smile. I really do. I, I do. I, I can't help it. Now, you've heard about the Federal Reserve suing Bitcoin Magazine by now. And if you haven't heard, it is the case that the Federal Reserve in the United States, the the central bank, right? The central bank has gotten so butthurt that they are suing Bitcoin Magazine over their Fed Now parody merchandise. Well, they're threatening to sue. They, They sent a cease and desist letter. They haven't actually openly filed a lawsuit or at least not that I'm aware of at 10, 20 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, right? But No Bullshit Bitcoin, otherwise known as NoBSBitcoin.com, has it, quote, the U.S. Federal Reserve is threatening to sue Bitcoin Magazine, alleging apparel that parodies its FedNow system is not protected free speech, but copyright infringement. Really? Quote, In a letter sent to the publication by the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago, the Central Bank of the United States is claiming that Bitcoin Magazine merchandise that parodies its services is not protected free speech, but rather an unauthorized infringement of its image and trademarks. Quote, The dispute centers around the use of the FedNow service image and trademark in a line of merchandise sold by Bitcoin Magazine that seeks to criticize the surveillance capabilities of the FedNow system and how it threatens American civil liberties. The Federal Reserve alleges that Bitcoin Magazine knowingly used the trademark without permission to mislead readers into believing that a connection exists between the publication and the central bank. That is such bullshit. Quote, oh, sorry, not not a quote. In response to the allegations, Bitcoin Magazine has penned an open letter to the Federal Reserve Financial Services Deputy General Counsel, Thaddeus Murphy, which can be found here, as well as the official legal response. Basically, Bitcoin Magazine is telling the Federal Reserve that they in no way, shape, or form will cease or desist sales of their FedNow labeled merchandise, which is, I guess, hats and T-shirts, and it looks like they got some pants, they got some sweatshirts, there's always a hoodie, and there's a nice little neck warmer, apparently, now. And there are several times which I, when I've disagreed with the way that Bitcoin Magazine operates, like, for instance, their steadfast approval and constant constant yammering on about the ordinals and the BRC 20 shit that I freaking hate. That may, that makes me mad. I'm not, I'm, I'm starting to become so much less of a fan of the Bitcoin Miami or the Bitcoin conference because it's just, it's color coordinated and there's lighting systems and there's big screen TVs and jumbotrons. And it just, it 
sucking the fucking life out of the people that go to these conferences, man. And and I can rant all day about that, but in this one, I am 100% backing Bitcoin Magazine. They're they're actually taking a stand. They're not buckling under. They're not they're not you know they're not going to take a knee. You know they're 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 not going to say oh, I'm sorry. They're saying no. We're going to sell FedNow merch, and that's just the, that you're going to have to sue us in open court. And unless we get ordered by a judge to cease and desist, we are going to sell this merch seven days a week, twenty four hours a day on our web store, and you can go fuck straight off. That's what Bitcoin Magazine is doing, and I applaud that. 100%, wholeheartedly. I am in total agreement, and I totally 100% support Bitcoin Magazine in this particular endeavor, and I'm going to put the ordinals in BRC20 and what what they're doing to the Bitcoin conference. I'm going to put all that aside. That's all baggage that I don't need to be carrying with me, and I'm going to stand side by side, elbow to fucking elbow, shoulder to fucking shoulder with Bitcoin Magazine, and I'm going to buy some FedNow merch. That's the Circle P for the day, ladies and gentlemen. Go to Bitcoin Magazine. Go to their online store. In fact, let me find it for you so that you don't have to worry about it. Let me see if I can get over here to to old Bitcoin Magazine and find the Bitcoin Magazine store. And lo and behold, here it is. It's store.bitcoinmagazine.com. They better take lightning payments. If not, I will be pissed off. But you can buy a FedNow t-shirt from $40, which is entirely too fucking expensive, but I'm going to buy it anyway. You, they come in white and black, and it's got the FedNow emblem with the eye, the eye, all-seeing eye of Sauron in the middle of the O in FedNow. They have hats. They have pullover windbreakers. They've got an embroidered beanie. They've got a neck gaiter. They've got the... Heavyweight t-shirt, you can get that one for 40 bucks too. Uh, the, the hats are going for about 33 bucks. The sweatshirt is $50 and the Fed Now Ladies Street Crop Tee. So if you want if you like the crop top look, ladies, Bitcoin Magazine's got you covered for at just under 40 bucks, which again is too expensive. But in this particular case, I 100% support these people. I highly, I, I'm, I'm imploring you, if you've got an extra 40 bucks or if, even if you just want the hat, go buy it from Bitcoin Magazine. Go buy it from Bitcoin Magazine. I'm putting all of my negative emotions that I've ever had in the past, I'm putting them all in the trunk of my car because I don't need them anymore. Again, toe to toe, elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder with Bitcoin Magazine motherfucking go bitches now get paid in bitcoin as a business with zaprite and alby that's right they formed a junction with get alby this is from blog.getalby.com that is the title that i just read you zaprite offers professional invoicing and e-commerce services to small and medium-sized businesses combined with alby users now enjoy seamless and lightning fast Bitcoin payments. It's a software as a service that allows individuals and businesses to accept and manage Bitcoin payments. 
Users can easily create invoices or payment links and choose from a variety of payment methods, including Bitcoin on-chain and over the Lightning Network or a card. The software allows users to create tailored invoices and payment links and dispatch them to clients via email. The invoices contain real-time exchange rates and empower clients to seamlessly initiate Bitcoin transactions directly from the invoice itself. ZapRite also provides reporting to businesses and their customers to verify if payments have been made, including the tools necessary for accounting as well as bookkeeping. This is particularly appealing to businesses who are required to track the fiat cost basis of each and every payment. ZapRite allows businesses to retain control over their finances by connecting their preferred Bitcoin wallet while avoiding costly and time-consuming technical overheads. Albi, on the other side, allows its users to connect their GetAlbi account to a variety of applications by simply plug and play. Albi completely takes over the payment processing <clears throat> and takes care that users receive their funds instantly as well as reliably, a service highly appreciated by thousands of users and optimized in millions of transactions. Okay, so there's a guide for how to connect your wallet to ZapRite if that's what you want to do. But the important notion here is that GitAlbi is now going to play a little bit of, I guess, payment processor for ZapRite. So if you've got a business and you need invoicing services in terms of Bitcoin, ZapRite has got you covered. And now that you can connect your GitAlbi wallet, man, shit just got a whole boatload easier. You know what else is easier now? Fundraising on 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 Noster no less. Well, kind of. Let me explain. nobsbitcoin.com comes in again with this one. Geyser is migrating to Noster. Every Geyser project now gets a unique Noster identity, a big leap for the open creator economy announced the project. Quote, your Geyser project lives on Noster. Regardless of whether you're logging in via Noster or Twitter, this means broader visibility and more engagement for your content on Noster platforms. Quote, aligning with Noster opens doors to exciting features, Noster posts, replies, polls, hidden posts. Imagine Patreon, but with content flowing seamlessly across the Nosterverse. What's new? Cross-platform freedom. Quote, now creators can share content freely across platforms, reaching wider audiences. Stay tuned for more exciting content features. Leveraging Noster's open social graph, Geyser will enhance cross-platform follows, homepage curation based on your Noster network, and seamless activity sync between Geyser and Noster. Noster's open graph helps mitigate scams and impersonation. Plus, a creator's reputation on Geyser now carries over across Noster, fostering a more trustworthy environment for the donation economy. With the ability to export your private key using private key kit, creators maintain control and mobility across Noster clients, reinforcing our commitment to creator authority and censorship resistance. More on this soon. Okay. So I started my own Geyser project for the Bitcoin podcast. Sure, it's crowdfunding the way Patreon does it, but it's also crowdfunding the way GoFundMe does it. In fact, when you, when I go and I look at this thing, which is, you can find it at Geyser Fund. Sorry, no, 
geyser.fund. And geyser is spelled G-E-Y-S-E-R. G-E-Y-S-E-R dot fund. And like, for instance, we've got the Nosterville 2023 party. I'm on the page. It's geyser.fund forward slash project forward slash Nosterville 2023 party, all one word. All right. Well, except for the numbers, 2023 are numbers. Organizing a crowdfund to give back to amazing Bitcoin Park for the Noster Conference that they are putting on. And it says, here's the story. So I'm looking at the page right now and it's gorgeous. It's got a black background. Uh, it's got the story. The story has some pictures embedded into it of Nashville. And it's, I mean, it looks, it's very professionally done. It scrolls well. I can read the, 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 the contrast is good. It's a very well put together website. So here's the story of Nosterville 2023. Every Noster gathering deserves a fitting party. We partied together in Miami and Riga. Now it's time to do the same in Nashville. The great people behind Bitcoin Park are handling all organizational details. So we are doing this crowdfund to give back to them directly for putting on Noster gathering in Nashville. The party will be held on November the 9th. Shit, that's coming up in three days, y'all. November the 9th evening at Acme Feed and Seed in downtown Nashville. Our hosts have secured rooftop venue for the entire night so nostriches can mingle and have fun together. As with all other parties Uncle is involved with, this one will also have a private Telegram channel. Once you donate to crowdfund, DM screenshot of donation to me, Jaeger, or Roya on Noster, and you'll receive an invitation link. See you in Nashville in November and party on. And it looks like they've already collected through this geyser fund $7,332,303 Satoshis, of which I donated. There are 74 different contributions. And that... Let's see if there's what the rewards are here. So I, sw- I just clicked over to where instead of the project, now I'm looking at the rewards. For $21, you get a ticket to the party. For $50, bucks, you get an extra, extra large party ticket. For $100, bucks, you get a 3XL ticket. And for $2,000, you're a party sponsor, right? So you got rewards. You've got all, I mean, go, if you were thinking about crowdfunding something, there's no reason not to try it on geyser.fund. I'm sure they wouldn't like it if you also had the same fund on GoFundMe, but they're probably not going to sue you in open court and get their panties all in a, in a nice little snit like the Federal Reserve and it has against Bitcoin Magazine. There's no reason not to start using these tools, ladies and gentlemen. Noster is growing at a pace that I, I, can't, I cannot keep up with what's going on in Noster. I did say it in a way that I think makes sense. Like over the weekend, I said something like, in the past two years, Noster, or things that took decades to appear on the regular legacy web have appeared on Noster in the last two years. Almost half of every idea that's popped up like microblogging like Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, crowdfunding, all like uh, Linktree, all these different services that are just now basically embedded in the web. Half of those have already appeared on Noster and it's only been two years. 
Where do you think we're going next? Where do you think we're going next? If you're not on Noster, you have to do it. You need to claim your namespace. You need to carry over any personal branding. You need to start figuring out how to use this shit. Because at one point or another, Elon Musk is going to get mad and get figure out that he really only gives a shit about being your bank and takes Twitter and flushes what's left of it down the toilet so all you're left with is a payment app. Because that's exactly what's going to happen. And if you don't think that that's what's going to happen, then you are completely unprepared for the future. The future is Noster. The future is being able to be everywhere and never, ever, ever be able to be kicked off of it. If you don't understand the gravity of the sentence that I just spoke, I don't have any other help for you. You're helpless. Don't be helpless. Get on Noster. Be an ostrich. Now, my own Geyser Fund, which I have done, is geyser.fund forward slash project forward slash the Bitcoin and podcast, all one word. I have zero contributors. I've received zero Satoshis, right? But I felt compelled to figure out how to use geyser.fund. If you want to figure out how to use geyser.fund or go see it or whatever, Go to geyser.fund forward slash project forward slash the Bitcoin and podcast and throw me some Satoshis. Help me out. See if it works. The URL for this fund will be in the show notes, by the way. Now, Amazon, actually it's at Mazen on <clears throat> Noster. Uh, he is, well, he's part of this thing called, what is it? I can't remember the uh, content stir. He's not giving me the name. I'll just, let me read it to you. Let me read it to you. This is a note that he put up uh, four days ago. We would like to start onboarding our initial creators for a closed beta on our new Patreon style relay. Noster relay. Content creators will be able to create subscription tiers and associate notes and content with a tier. Those notes will only be shared with their subscribers at or above that tier. We will also be able to serve PPP or sorry, PPV or pay-per-view content on behalf of our creators. The relay can be accessed from any Noster client because it's Noster relay. If you are a content creator of any kind and are interested in monetizing through subscriptions and pay-per-view content on Noster, send me a DM. Mason, I'm going to include this um, note, the, the actual note ID, or actually the full note URL to primal.net so that everybody listening to this can go there. I DM'd Mason and he sent me back, said, sure, I, I can be in. I haven't checked to see if he's given me a, uh, a way to get to it yet or not. But this is, again, this is like GoFundMe or Patreon uh, what else did he, did he say? Anything else? Uh, close beta Patreon style relay. That's the point. This isn't a, this is a relay. They're, they're experimenting with how to make relays do really cool shit. And if it is the case that if this is what I think it is, this is an amazing use of a relay, not a website, a relay. A relay. This is how messages in Noster are sent to each other. 
This is how I get my content. This is how I blast my content out on the Nostraverse. It's all about the relays. And if this guy and his team are designing a relay that is able to do what I just read you, then this is a step function increase in, well, in functionality of Noster. Did See what I mean? If you're not on Noster, you're missing all this. And you, you actually might be somebody out there going, thank God I'm missing it. There's no way to keep up. Yeah, man, my heart goes out to you. But shit, this is fun. There's so much stuff to explore right now. It's not even funny. And if you're not exploring it, again, I can't help you because there's no way to help you. Now, lastly, we got Pablo because, you know, he just doesn't sleep. So his Noster note, which came out yesterday, says, and this has, this is completely different. On the second flight, I finished writing the implementation and modifications to NIP 46 to make the following possible. One, stay with me here. Listen carefully, guys. Alice goes to application A, like Coracle, a Nostra client. She clicks create account and gets a NIP 05, Alice at somesite.com. She then uses Coracle as she normally would. Two, Alice goes to a different application, like Primal. She clicks login and types in Alice at somesite.com. A pop-up comes up and asks Alice if she wants to authorize this application to access her account. In an advanced setting, she can scope down what the application can do, like only create short notes but don't change the profile data. At no point is there any mention of NSEC, NPUB, Keys, NIPO7, NSEC Bunker, nothing. It just works. What just happened, you're saying? I, like, I, I don't understand that. I'll tell you what just happened. Pablo just figured out a way through the protocol to allow one client to serve as the the authorizing client of your data to another client without an NSEC, without your NPUB, with just the, like in my instance, it would be like, you know, nunyabidness at somesite.com. That's what I used to put in. This is like allowing Primal to spin up your private and public key pair and then getting your little, you know, your NIPO5 and then taking that to some other thing like Nostrudel and Nostrudel saying, oh, yeah, 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 that's NIPO5. I don't need your NSEC. I don't need anything. Now, the question that you're automatically going to ask is, well, anybody can get Alice at some site.com directly from her profile. That I don't know about. Because Pablo hasn't actually said it, but I can guarantee you this. Somehow or another, that's not going to be able to occur. Your like your NIP5 is not going to be able to be used for somebody to scoop up all of your shit, get your insect and all that kind of stuff. How it works is yet to be seen because Pablo did all this shit on the airplane flying back from, I guess, Nostrasia or wherever the hell it was that he was at. The man never sleeps. He does nothing but ship. It's, it's, it's amazing. So if what I just read is actually true, it means that 
grandma no longer has to worry about what an insect is. They can, we can just do all this shit with Nippo five, right? You're just the Alice at some site.com. This is an important, again, a, like a step function increase in functionality. That's what we're seeing. That's what I'm seeing all the time in the Nostraverse right now. We got another guy that's worked on the ability to just plug the Fediverse, you know, Mastodon and the rest of the, the federated, you know, servers and whatnot, being able to have them cross talk into the Nostraverse. I don't even know, like the only people that are going to be left on Twitter are people that work for NBC and CNN and Fox. They're not going to even know that their audience is gone. Just like they don't notice that their audience has already gone off of TV. It's, it's amazing. I'm, I, I never, ever, ever cease to be excited about what's going on on Noster. And that's why I'm always talking about it. And if you just are tired of listening to me talk about it, then figure it out for yourself. Stop using Twitter. You don't need, like, sure, huge audience, massive audience. I get it. I, when I see, if I'm in a Coliseum and I'm up in the nosebleed seats and I'm seeing the, the, the massive humanity that is gathered around the stage of the person performing and understanding that this is, these are their fans. But then I start noticing that the ceiling starts collapsing in on it. Like what we're seeing with Twitter. I am going to get the hell out of the Coliseum. I'm not going to stay there. I'm not going to be buried under the rubble of bullshit. That's just not going to happen for me. I'm going to go to another show. I don't care if it's in a little club. I want something that's not going to kill me to be part of. See, that's what I'm saying. And that's going to do it for the morning roundup. All right. Dad says jokes. My doctor told me that I'm going deaf. That news was hard to hear. All right. Again, you can stream me Satoshi's. You can throw me boostograms. You can do all that. But that's not as important as you taking one of my URLs from nostri.me. Again, that is nostri.me. Let's see what, let me get the whole thing. Nostri.me forward slash business at stacker.news. And that's going to get you like, I have two lists. One is support the Bitcoin and podcast. And you can do that on Geyser. Highlighter, Zapple Pay, Get Albi, and Patreon. But support is good. Ultimately, that's what I need is support. But the way that I get support is by expanding the listener base. Without expansion of my listener base, there's no support. It's just not going to happen. So I continuously have to rely upon you, my listeners that are already listening to me right now, to go to nostree, N-O-S-T-R-E-E dot me forward slash nunya business at stacker dot news and get the links from Fountain App, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podcast Index, Podbean, Google Podcast, Overcast, Podcast Attic, and Player FM and send those to friends, family, and your social network graphs, whether it be Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I don't care, LinkedIn, Some people, actually LinkedIn is coming back in style for some reason. I don't know why. 
But your help in getting these URLs out and news of, you know, like, hey, here's the show. If you want to hear about Bitcoin news on a daily basis, go here. Here's my guy, Dave. He'll, he'll set you, he'll hook your ass up on your daily commute to the train. If you want to know what's going on in Bitcoin, you go here. If you can help me expand my listener base, that will automatically expand the amount of support that I can get. And I can finally, one of these days, get to a point where the show is 100% fully supportable without me having to peel off a little bit of my savings account to pay for hosting, you know, to pay maybe a mortgage payment. You know, that's what I'm looking for. I, I like this job. I don't want to, I don't want to stop this job, but you know, reality is reality and I need support to keep doing what I'm doing. I need support and you guys support me enough, right? I don't want, it's just, I just don't want you to have to like get, I don't want it to be painful for you. So that's when I always turn over to the, what's the next best way that you can support me after you've already given me Satoshi's tell people about the show. You do that for me and it will help. I, I know it will. I know it will. And with all that said, I will see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.